Shareable is part of C-Suite Radio. say that season two is going to be absolutely incredible because in season two i have a co-host co-host say hello hello that's caroline she's now my co-host so season two of shareable is going to be a little bit different we're still talking about people and technology but we're going to go a little bit deeper a master class so grab your favorite pen and your favorite piece of paper and get ready to take some notes because this is shareable Hello, shareable listeners. This is exciting. Today, Caroline and I are going to talk about something very important for all of you. So, remember we told you to get that pen and paper? We'll do it now, because here we go. Today's (laughs) guest is Emily Morgan. Emily is the founder of Delegate Solutions, which is a strategic support firm, and she is also the designer of the Delegate Method, uh, which is a method that actually helps leaders to identify the areas of their work that they can delegate and automate so that they can achieve maximum efficiency. To her credit, this year alone, her team has cleared over 10,000 hours off the plates of overwhelmed business owners. Emily and I met many years ago, many moons ago, and I have always uh, regarded her as one of the foremost experts that I know of in the topic of delegation. So without further ado, Emily, hello. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Of course. I'm so glad that you could find the time. Um, you know, yourself to, to actually come here. Hopefully you have somebody who is delegating while you were taking the time with us. <laughs> we try to practice what we preach. So. Yeah, I'd imagine. So I guess that leads to a very, uh, interesting, good place to start, which is, uh, who can benefit from delegating more tasks in their lives and, and who do you typically find you and your company are helping? Sure. Well, I think every human being can benefit by delegating, um, you know, things off their plate, whether it's, housekeeping or landscaping or any of the more obvious things. So obviously delegation is important for anyone at any stage in their life to just kind of free up their time to focus on what they do best and, you know, what is most important to them. Excellent. So today I want to focus on a particular group of our audience and a lot of the people that we have met and spoke with and who have given us feedback that listen to the show are either solopreneurs, they're entrepreneurs with small companies, but they're essentially people that are probably wearing too many hats and I'm sure you're all too familiar with those people. So that's who I want to talk to today primarily, although I think the lessons in today's uh, talk will actually be applicable to anybody, but I think it'll probably be most relevant to those who are either kind of doing things all on their own, wearing too many hats on their own, and are just trying to figure out what to do next. So today, what I'd like to do uh, on the episode with you is I- I'd like to have you give us the step-by-step and walk us through how to actually even figure out what it is that you can get off your plate. Because you know, and, and just in my own shoes, I can say, as a busy entrepreneur with a small team, I often find that the hardest part of delegating is not that I, you know, having the talent available to me, but it's telling them what to even do. That's the hardest part is thinking about what can I take off of my plate? How can I trust someone to do this and, and kind of get over some of those control issues about I need to do this. So I'd love to walk through that today with you. Is that something that we can do? Absolutely. Solid. Okay. So <laughs> Uh, let's go to a starting point of misconceptions. That's a great place to start. I always like to figure out what are people 
doing wrong. So let's talk through somebody calls you up or you get a referral and generally speaking, there's going to be a couple misconceptions that people have or things that they're doing wrong when it comes to starting out working with someone that can help them take things off their plate. What are some of the things that people generally walk into the art of delegation and get completely wrong? Well, I think step one is really figuring out what is the right support resource for you um, in general in relation to the things that you're looking to hand off. There's lots of different options. So an entry point to delegation is a resource that is very task driven. So something like fancy hands where you're paying $5 per task and they're basic, you're telling them what you need them to do and they're doing it and you're just paying a very minimal fee to get something out of your way. Um, so that's the entry point. The next level is really um, more just con more consistent delegation support. In this role, you're still giving direction around what to delegate, what do you want done, um, <clears throat> please do this thing for me, make sure you do X, Y, and Z. And they're kind of there to receive the work in a more consistent way than just like the one-off resource that you have with something like Fancy Hands. And I think at the other end of the spectrum is more where my service falls into play. And that's for people who don't know what to take off their plate. They don't want to have to sit there and figure it out. They don't want to have to be responsible for, you know, filling someone else's time. So this, this is what we call strategic delegation, where we're actually more consultative to help you figure out where you can get the most leverage from help to provide like a proactive, thoughtful approach to delegation instead of just being there as a recipient of a task. Um, and it's also more of a relational situation too, because you're, you're building relationship and, um, you know, we're learning your preferences and you're documenting your processes and kind of being there to help you stay accountable to what your goals and priorities are. So step one is what is the best resource for you at this point? What's in your budget? What are your goals? All right. I want to take you back one step further. I think that's a good first step when somebody knows they do. And I think you answered that question perfectly. I want to go one step further back though. What about the people that are currently in over their head and they're struggling? What are some of the mistakes that they make or the things that they might be thinking are going through their head where they really should consider some form of delegation support? How do you generally recognize someone like that? Like, you know, in, in each of our businesses, we have a situation where there's certain keywords or phrases that trigger to us, oh, this is somebody that needs what I do. What's that look like to you so that maybe somebody who's out there, they get a better sense of, of if they fall into that category? Sure. So, you know, the entry point is you've reached a ceiling of time and there's just no more time to get things done. You're doing things that you're not good at. You're doing things that... Um, aren't the best use of your time and you know that you need help. So really they come to us because they, their life is starting to fall apart because they've reached a ceiling of how much time is available to do the things that I need to do. And the time that they are spending on these tasks are really not the best use of their time because their, their time needs to be spent growing the business, putting systems and processes in place, things like that. Got it. Perfect. So if anybody out there is feeling overwhelmed, feel like they're spending too much time doing things that they are not good at, um, maybe finds themselves doing things that they are good at but just feels like it's beneath their quote-unquote pay grade or slash um, just not the best use of their time because they have a higher marginal value elsewhere, this is the episode for you. So 
Emily, without further ado, I kind of want to start at the beginning of that step one and let's go from there of deciding what kind of support. Walk me through that process a little bit. How does someone go about figuring out of the different levels that you laid out, what's the process that you would put someone through or the questions you would have them ask themselves? Yeah, we actually have on our website a right fit guide and it's a self-assessment. It takes like two minutes and you just go through and you score where you fall on the spectrum. Um, but you know, you want to think about, do I have things that are, do I have a consistent need? Like, are there things that I do every week that I would love to just hand off? If you do, then you don't want like a task level resource, um, because they're usually one-off situations. Um, you want to think about, does the person need to represent your brand in a specific way? Um, if they do, you need a more evolved resource. If you need them just behind the scenes, they're not interfacing with your team or your clients, then you could go to the lower end of the spectrum. Uh, you want to think about, do I want to have to figure out a process for X, Y, or Z? Um, if you already know the process and you've documented it and it's a recurring activity, then you'd fall sort of at the lower end of the spectrum budget-wise and you could delegate that to a um, less you know, evolved resource. Um, and then think about the complexity of the work, like does this task or project require a lot of thought, a lot of intuition? Um, am I someone that needs someone to just think through projects for me or do I already have it figured out? So you kind of have to come to terms with what you have on your plate and what is the level of complexity with what is there? So I think a lot of people listening to this may be familiar with the idea of having things like, I don't know, like your, your schedule managed. That's like a really basic one. But kind of blow our minds a little bit. Talk to us a little bit about – I mean you guys have, have taken off thousands upon thousands of hours for people. I think it, it was 10,000 hours that I quoted before. Um, what are some of the tasks that uh, outsource support can help with, it, whether it's in kind of a task level or whether it's an ongoing – what are some of the things outside of the basic things that we might think of? Because I think that, the, again, the trouble with delegation for a lot of busy entrepreneurs and business owners is not even knowing what you can give away and feeling like there's so much of it that you have to be a part of. So take us through a little bit of some of the things that, that you can help with or that somebody that's an outsourced support can actually help with. Sure. Um, you had asked a question prior to that, so I was going to answer that first. Um, you know, we, we have a, a download on our site that breaks out tasks by category just to give some ideas around different things that people can delegate. And so I'll go through some of that. But to answer your first question, um, at my firm, we're also looking at ways that we can automate so that no one has to do it. So you brought up scheduling, which is a really great point. We actually are, are shifting into the mindset that humans should not be doing all the scheduling and there's plenty of resources out there to take on your scheduling. Um, so for example, um, we're beta testing x.ai for me, um, just, just as like an experience to my assistant Georgia, who's amazing. We're like, she's petrified to go through this experience, but we're basically <laughs> not for fear of her work, but just for fear of like, it's going to explode or something. So we're going <laughs> to test drive x.ai only on a very limited set of meetings. So there's a couple meetings that are part of a sales campaign we want to do. Um, one of the things that we advise people is don't just think, all right, let's have a robot do all of my scheduling. It doesn't need to be that way. Think about it from the perspective of, okay, what piece, what block of my scheduling could a robot handle? Because that's 
time freed up that you don't need to do it and that another support person doesn't need to do it. So in my case, um, we also use a system called Acuity, which is an online scheduling tool, and I only use that for my team. So we have blocks on my calendar where my team would schedule via Acuity, and that saves time. So don't just think about it as one giant, you know, mass of task. Like break it down a little bit and think, what could I use automation for, um, AI, things like that. So that was step one. Excellent. I tried out x.ai and and I just couldn't I couldn't get over the trust factor. Like yeah. I couldn't trust a robot to do it. I tried it out. Uh, but we have to your to your point of other kind of avenues of uh, of automation. We have been had a lot of success with using Calendly. So mm-hmm. similar to Acuity, we use Calendly to schedule podcast guests. I'm sure you probably were scheduled using Calendly. You picked a time that worked for you. You didn't yeah. need to go back and forth with us. We knew that schedule was open. It syncs with our schedule. Done. Um, so we have a lot of um, success with that as well. So I, I'm glad to hear that that's something that even a company that provides a service is also looking into for how to augment human capabilities with you know automation technology. Yeah, I mean sch- scheduling. It's just no no humans need to be scheduling. <laughs> just, and I and I understand like we will always probably Georgia will always maintain some part of my schedule because of that trust factor and because sometimes it's just really client-facing needs to happen that way. Um, but if you can compartmentalize the overall goal, which is delegate my scheduling and look for ways to automate just pieces of that, like that's a really great way to just start, which is what we're doing with x.ai. Like it's a very small test segment of people <laughs> that are going <laughs> to interface with whatever her name is at x.ai. Yeah. What is her name? I totally forgot. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to know. Just do it. Here's the time block. <laughs> that's funny. Okay, so what other tasks though um, beyond scheduling? So that's how you you handle it using some AI and things. Um, some of these things are going to be more difficult to use with automation, um, but you know, give us an idea of what are some of the tasks that um, that people might be able to delegate outside of the ones that that might be more obvious and come to mind immediately. Yeah, I mean the simple stuff you're probably already aware of: flowers making reservations or like I I was not aware like that may seem simple to you but like (laughs) flowers never would think of it I was like well obviously I have to order flowers (laughs) or else it's inauthentic right I mean but um yeah that's so so try to assume that actually none of these are obvious because as someone who has trouble delegating I'm probably going to be blown away by about 75 percent of these (laughs) well then we'll start with the personal right because we specifically work with entrepreneurs. And so there's just, you know, it's one big pot of things to do. It's not necessarily, there's not this line in the sand, personal work. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we do things like sign your kids up for summer camp, um, book massages, research vacation trips, order catering for your parties. Um, we've had one client, I have a million recipes. Can you organize them in Evernote for me? Jeff's Print- face has just lit up. <laughs> <laughs> he loves Evernote. <laughs> Um, set up my dog's daycare, get my car into the shop, um, research which dentist takes my health care, um, and get me an appointment, um, register the kids for soccer. Um, I just threw a big party last weekend and like the one thing I didn't delegate, which was the DJ, I totally screwed up because I booked the wrong day. Oh, no. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> like my Georgia booked the tent, the bouncy house, um, found me someone to cook the food. So all those types of things, is that helps 
Jeff? Yeah, that's extremely helpful. So <laughs> I think the first thing that's also really, really helpful in this is that um, you you delineated that the line between personal and professional for entrepreneurs is often very blurry. I mean, I think it's getting more blurry for everybody, but um, I think for entrepreneurs in, in particular, because we're always on, it's difficult to find times for some of those personal things. And I was actually recently just thinking like, oh, I should probably go in for a checkup with my doctor. I should probably make a dentist appointment. Um, I have all of these uh, – you know, pieces of mail that I need to follow up on or like bills that I just need to have, you know, for my mom that I just need to have paid. And it never even occurred to me that these are things that while they're sitting in the back of my mind, causing me an immense amount of stress that like I have to go through a full day of work and then all of those offices are closed. Um, that's something that could actually be handled. So I think that's a really good point for anybody listening is that your personal life and your professional life both have tasks and a personal assistant of some sort can help actually in both of those areas. Yeah. And what's beautiful is like we're remote. And so there's no weird like dynamic in the office where you're coming in and like we booked your gynecologist appointment and you know, <laughs> just that's not there. So a, a remote resource is great in that sense also. Yeah. It's always embarrassing when somebody <laughs> walks in after I've booked my gynecologist. Appointment. Right. Don't you always feel that way? I Jeff? really feel awkward after that. It's very, you um, don't even know. <laughs> you don't even know. Um, Okay, so that's kind of the personal stuff. Um, walk me through a little bit of, of some of the things that you might want to think about delegating. So so a lot of people might be in this position of like, do I hire a full-time person? Do I hire a part-time person? Uh, do I go to Odesk or TaskRabbit? Do I use a, a service? Do I use my friend's uh, uh, daughter that just graduated college? Like, you know, who do, who do I get to do all of this stuff? Um, so walk me through a little bit more of like the – the professional task somebody might give and how it, it, uh, could work, you know, regardless of who you, um, delegated to, but what are some of the tasks you you've seen people need in their professional life handled? Yeah, I think there's two questions there. So we'll start on the task, the task level. Um, always you want to look for repeatable things in the business that you can write a simple process for and hand it off. And like we use Asana a lot of times. <laughs> Us too. <laughs> so, you know, Asana is awesome because you put the task in there and you set it and forget it. And it's just, here's the process and it runs, um, you know, every week you do this particular thing. Um, then you want to look for, um, obviously scheduling. We covered that. That's a big one. We do a lot of travel. So we'll book, um, flights and things for clients and hotels and rental cars. Um, we do a lot of work in the marketing department. So setting up email marketing campaigns, setting up drip campaigns and funnels and website opt-in forms and, um, you know, help me launch this podcast. I want to set up, you know, this particular, you know, email marketing blast, um, put people in funnels, set up Eventbrite so that people can register to come to the event, um, manage Google alerts by topic, um, research different affiliates that could help promote the podcast in particular, monitor the analytics of the open rates of what's happening in the email marketing campaigns, um, you know, sending workbooks and welcome kits to people that might want to attend your podcast, things like that. Um, it's awesome list. We're, I didn't even know you could delegate those, yeah, some of those so things. So we should make, make sure that in the show notes, we put like a giant list of these things that could be delegated. Mm -hmm. Um, and then also we're going to make sure to link to some of those resources that you mentioned that you have on your site as well so that people can find those immediately as well. Yeah, we have a whole, um, download. Um, I think another thing that people don't think that they can delegate that we've actually 
been really successful helping with is your inbox. Um, and there's really a spectrum. Everyone hates email. So like step one is always try and get communication internally happening in Asana or Slack or something like that. But when it comes to like organizing clients' inboxes, we'll, we can go a whole spectrum. Like it can just be get the spam out of here, um, clean it out, things like that, all the way to like check my inbox three times a day, prioritize it for me so that when I come in, I'm only looking at the things that matter. Take what you can from there that's task level and either give it to my team or go ahead and do it yourself or make a task for me in Asana to do it. So like there's a whole spectrum of inbox delegation that I think people don't think they can hand off. Yeah. So kind of to recap some things that I'm hearing is, is there's the inbox stuff that you just covered. There's scheduling, there's delegating certain marketing tasks, like putting together a newsletter, doing listening on social media or looking at Google analytics. There's, um, sales tasks you can probably delegate to people as well. Say, you know, I want you to go on LinkedIn, find 20 people that fit this criteria, send out this email template on my behalf, et cetera, et cetera. So there's all sorts of different things that you can do um, in in areas of your business. And I think the thing that you pointed out that is the, the key there is you're looking for repeatable tasks that you can break down into a process. Right. Yeah. What about um, – some of the, so I guess the, the area where I always find myself challenged is um, when you're looking at something that requires like your own special secret sauce of it, for <laughs> lack of a better term, right? So I always think about like uh, – so for instance, we have sales emails that we're going to be putting into a drip sequence and I think, well, I'm the most experienced copywriter in that sense on my team. But that's something that needs to get done and I don't have time for it. Um, how do you go about dealing with something like that where you have something that is so – like for instance, I, I have a, a very specialized knowledge in social media and Facebook ads and content marketing and things like that. So um, how do you on your team deal with when people have requests for things that are highly specialized knowledge? Is that something where you find ways to support them by bringing in outside expertise for your team or is that something where you think sometimes maybe there's just tasks that are best left to you? That's something that you should do, Entrepreneur with Secret Sauce. <laughs> um. So the two answers. One, if it's highly specialized, especially if it's like copy or design, like that's definitely, you know, you would hire a contractor to do those things for you. Um, but in other situations, we find that entrepreneurs just have competing priorities and it's sometimes it's just about getting the thing started for them, right? So what's the next best step to move this forward? So my team is trained to try and get things 80% for you. So like we might say, hey, we need we need this copy from you by Friday, and then by Wednesday we're going to have all the emails laid out in your email marketing system, and then you're just going to do the last 20%, which is go through and like tweak the copy, do final things. But a lot of the times it's just about getting it started for people. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's for, that's that's very reasonable. Um, so I actually, I have a question with, I'm, I'm sure you're getting a lot of your customers and the people that you work with at their overwhelmed states. They're in sort of panic mode. They are just trying to get through their day and get everything done. How are you helping them overcome this giant obstacle that keeps kind of coming up behind all of these subjects of trust and their involvement with things and how comfortable they are with delegating those tasks out to other people? How are you helping people work through those feelings to be comfortable delegating, whether it's to their team or you to, or someone else? Hmm, good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, 
we have to show up and build that trust. Like that doesn't just start, you know, we have a three month commitment to get started because we feel like it takes commitment on both sides to like get there. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be like, you're going to feel relief quickly. And in our case, we're goals focused delegation strategists. So we're always going to come at where your, where your overwhelm is from a goals focused perspective. So everything we're doing is always going to start with what you're telling us your priorities are And then we're going to look for that lower hanging fruit, like scheduling travel, personal things like that, that just need to come off so you can breathe. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So kind of the area I want to go to next is to talk about how, how someone gets set up to delegate. So you had talked about looking for repeatable tasks. You talked about trying to figure out what type of help you need. Let's say you go through those kind of processes and figure that out. What what are the sort of things that you would advise for someone who is looking to hit the ground running and get somebody onboarded quickly to help them? You know, is it collect up all of your credit card numbers and collect up your frequent flyer miles? Is it, you know, make a list of all the software you use and all of your passwords? Like what what are some of the things that you advised for, you know, maximum speed and efficiency in onboarding your new delegate helper? <laughs> um well, step one is you've got to be clear on your goals. That is like, we can't help you unless you know where you're trying to go. So like being able to articulate, these are the three things I'm trying to do by the end of the year. So if you can do that, you're good to go, <laughs> at least with my firm. Because when you come in as a client, we have an information sheet that we collect in the beginning that takes all of that stuff, Jeff, that you just listed. Like, um, what are your frequent flyer numbers? How do you prefer your meeting schedule to go? Like what systems and technology do you use? So we prompt with questions like that, but that's the kind of stuff that's on that form. And then when we move to a formal kickoff call, that's really where we dig into, okay, talk me through what you're trying to do. Um, and then talk me through kind of what you see as things that come, can come off your plate. That's excellent. Yeah. I think starting with goals is, is an excellent way to do that. Um, are there any, um, I guess, pieces of software or types of documents or anything like that that you think are generally like good starting points for people um, outside of, you know, I know you guys have your own process, but let's assume that only 80% of people listening to this will wind up calling you and doing business with you and the rest will <laughs> will figure out their own way. What's some advice that you can give to those people who, um, you know, are thinking about bringing in maybe an intern, like somebody from college, or they're trying to maybe use somebody from TaskRabbit or whatever. What are some things that you would uh, tell them to do, maybe one, to protect themselves, uh, two, to make them feel more comfortable that their assistant knows everything that they need, and, and three, just to make sure that they're well set up so they don't waste too much time in the onboarding? Sure. Um, I think you need to have tools that are web friendly, right? Like most resources that you're going to work with are going to work through the web. So your schedule needs to be accessible through some sort of online situation. Um, if you have a task list, the best case scenario is that it lives somewhere online, whether it's Evernote, whether it's Asana, doesn't matter to us. Like at least um, something that someone else can access. So making sure that's in place. Um you know, kind of thinking through your own preferences around how do I how do I like my scheduling and being able to articulate an ideal thing. Like we are, um, we work a lot with strategic coach and a lot of people, a lot of clients that we work with are in strategic coach. So we use a tool called an impact filter, um, which is this great way to delegate. And it basically says, all right, what does success look like 
what is what are the success criteria? So being able to articulate, you know, if you're going to hand off email marketing to somebody, what what needs to be in place for it to be successful from your perspective? At least eighty percent. If I were to hand off email marketing, <laughs> well, you need to be able to articulate that in a way that someone that is picking up the work can do it to your standards. Got it. That makes sense. So sitting down, really writing out what you're trying to accomplish and then what your preferences are along the way. Yeah, with a repeatable thing. And then obviously, like we talked about earlier, if you have a process where you can capture a good portion of the process, that will make delegation much easier. Like most people do like drive-by delegation where they just start chucking things. And that's where the frustration comes from because one, they're stuck to identify everything that they're handing off. To the person receiving it isn't clear on, okay, I'm going to try and do it the way that I think I would do it, but the client, they haven't aligned on expectations. They haven't aligned on how much time someone should spend on it. Like anytime you can share context around spend an hour on this and come back to me as opposed to just giving it to them and they're spending eight hours and then at the end you're freaking out because it just costs you $200 instead of 20 <laughs> you know, yeah. that kind of it's important to have that conversation about what your goals are and what you're hoping to achieve together before you're actually executing something. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I think that leads into like the point that I'd like for us to kind of wrap up on, which is around the people side of this, which is, you know, at the end of the day, we're talking about delegation is the art of one person trusting another person to take care of some tasks so that they can move their business forward or move their life forward or whatever. Um, you know, I'm sure you've seen in the, the time you've been running this business and developing your different solutions, you've probably seen customers who have gotten pissed off beyond belief at one of the people that they're delegating to. Or maybe you've found that one of the people who is is being delegated to uh, has an issue with one of the clients because of the way that they're speaking to. So the interpersonal relationship between somebody who's delegating a task to the person they're delegating to and then vice versa is probably exceptionally important. Um, I want to talk through both sides of that really quickly if we could and and really just make that the point where we wrap up on, which is if you're delegating tasks to someone, what are some of the things that you need to think of so that you can get the best out of them? And then by con- you know, by contrast or complementary, if you are dele- if you are the one being delegated to, um, what are some of the pieces of advice um, that you would have for the, the person delegating to you? And then how should you best relate to the person, the client, to get the most out of them? Like how do you help them figure out what to – to delegate, et cetera. So kind of going both ways. Yeah. Okay. So, um, when you're looking for someone to delegate to, um, again, I would, I would run through our right fit guide because that's going to prompt you with questions around things you need to think about, but you want to think about, um, we use something called a Colby score, which is like a, an assessment. It's like 50 bucks and you can run the person through a Colby test. Um, and that's going to tell you, if the, there's four numbers that come out of that report, if the first two numbers are high, that means that they're going to have really high fact finder and really high follow through. Um, so if you're like soloing and going to find someone on there on your own, if you find a good candidate you like, I would recommend that you Colby them. Um, and again, you're looking for high fact finder, high follow through. That's going to guarantee that the person naturally works in that fashion. And that's what you want in this type of role. Um, you also want to think about tenure. So like the reason why, you know, I feel like our solution is an answer to all the things that I've seen gone, go wrong with 
the traditional virtual assistant industry where people are, you know, available and then they disappear. And so we work as a team. So you get assigned one dedicated person, but who is backing that person up? How do you build redundancy into the work that you're paying for so that you're not constantly in this place of like having to teach someone and train someone. So on our side, we're documenting like crazy. So whatever you have someone do for you, make sure they document how they did it and make sure you know where to get that in case they disappear. It's like a good piece of advice, even if you're not <laughs> delegating, like just as a company and as a person. Because um, if something went well, you should probably document how you did it. That's why recipes exist. Yeah, redundancy is is literally what I'm going to be talking about for the next you know few months because I just I see these entrepreneurs and they don't want to go through like they don't want to accept that there's churn and they don't want to deal with it, but it's a reality and you need to have a solution for churn, especially in an administrative capacity. Yeah, because I'd imagine that's uh, that's a challenging role because you're giving away as an entrepreneur tasks that you find maddening, like going through email or scheduling or doing some things that may be fairly redundant or you know very process driven, and you may want to think creatively and do big, you know, amazing sales things or whatever. So I'd imagine that's got to be very challenging for someone in a, a a role that's being delegated to. That's just always my fear with the one-off resources. Like I totally get the value prop, but I think you reach a certain level where. You need reliable, consistent support that no matter what, you're not going to have to keep teaching someone and finding someone and managing someone that you just want the thing to get done. <laughs> yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. Well, obviously, you've got the formula down and we strongly advise that anybody listening, if you're if you're trying to figure out how you can delegate more effectively, uh, Emily and her team definitely have the assessments and the resources for you to figure that out. And um, Emily, you've always been a, a fabulous resource for me, giving me different information so that I can wrap my head around how to delegate better. So I encourage everyone to go and, and look more into that. But you've been nice enough to set aside the time. Uh, I know you're super busy and you were nice enough to set aside the time and give us some insights into the art of delegation. Why don't you tell people now, this is your time in the show, just to tell people where they can go and be social with you, where they can connect with you, where they can learn more about you. And we'll put all of that in the show notes. Oh, thank you. Um, well, my website is delegatesolutions.com. Um, I think Jeff will give the links out to the right fit guide. And then we have something called sample tasks to delegate. We also have a bunch of case studies on our site that talk through different scenarios of different types of clients that we've worked with. Um, they're all different and different ways that we've helped people. So I encourage you to check those out. Um, and then we have a business Facebook page. It's um, Delegate Solutions, and we post all kinds of resources there. And obviously, I would love to connect with you on LinkedIn. So I think Jeff will include the link in his notes. We, yes, we will include absolutely everything for you. <laughs> um, well, awesome. This has been uh, great, and, and I look forward to um, sitting down and, and starting to think more about what I'm trying to accomplish and what sort of tasks I can delegate because, you know, selfishly, part of the reason I wanted to have you on is that this is something <laughs> that I struggle with. Um, so, you know, I thought it would be good to pick your brain about it and then let everybody listen to that. So uh, thank you again for setting aside the time. Um, Caroline, thank you for co-hosting. Uh, yeah. Albeit mostly quietly, but you did nail it. On <laughs> I was a just, I was really, listening. Really good questions. I was taking <laughs> diligent notes about what I can start delegating. <laughs> Solid. So, uh, for all of you out there listening, thank you for listening to this episode of Shareable. I thought it was a lot of fun, and if I had to call this episode one thing, what would I call it, Caroline? Hmm. This is a tough one. It's yeah, it's a brain buster. I'd I say, <laughs> Emily. What Emily, what would you say it is? Progress, not perfection. That's what we're going for here. <laughs> okay. Progress, not perfection. That's a quote that might be shareable. 
<laughs> We're so corny. So corny. Such corny dorks. I love it. <laughs> there are a few thank yous and shout outs in order. First, I'd like to thank Ray Bueno for all of that sexy production value and a quick thank you to me for producing the show. I'd like to send a shout out to DJ Quads for the use of our theme song, Always, and A. Himitsu for the use of our outro song, Adventures. You can follow Jeff on Twitter at Jay Gibbard, and you can follow me at Caroline Stone. You can follow the show at shareable underscore pod and just at shareable podcast on everything else. That means Facebook, Instagram, everything. You can email us at sharablepodcast at gmail.com or subscribe to our email list at sharablepodcast.com slash subscribe. Do all the things. Subscribe to the show. Leave us a rating. Review us on iTunes. Tell a friend. Tell your mom. I don't know. She might like it. 